buenos dias, tardes, and noches, our little gemeritas, because <laughs> we have no idea what time it is when you're listening, and time is nothing but a socially constructed eyeball. Anyway, yes. welcome to Gem Girls, the one and only, thank God for that, queer 80s cartoon hate watch podcast with an oddly specific focus on the best word <laughs> of them all, Gem and the Holograms. I am Orifice Jones. And I'm Hakuti. Hakuti. Oh, what was that? What's, what's your name? <laughs> and I'm Hakuta McTitties. And today we are celebrating a very scary witch miss, getting heebie and all the jeebies, <laughs> and learning rather creepily that it is, in fact, fun to be scared. In season two, episode 16 of Gem, Trick or Techrack. And yes, that is the title of the episode and not an ultimatum between paying for sex or getting busy with a technophilic misanthrope with a bad haircut. I wish it was, though. Uh, anyways, I know, that would be yeah, so much better. That'd be a lot. That'd be a lot. <laughs> uh, this addition to the Gemisphere originally aired on October 30th, 1987, one day before Halloween. So, like, shout out to them timing this up pretty well. Not like that yeah. uh, fucking Father's Day banquet nonsense. <laughs> That was going to be nonsense no matter what I, day True, because like, it's a Father's Day banquet. Never heard of it. But <laughs> it also occurred in October. So, like, come on. Uh, anyways. Maybe that's just where all the episodes air. <laughs> yeah, Gem was an October-only series. <laughs> so, just one month. Uh, according to the Gem Wiki, a.k.a. Synergy's database, I just learned that today because that bitch has files on everybody. This is the one... <laughs> Where Rio, Jem, Dance, and the Holograms work to restore an old opera house in time for a fundraising concert on Halloween. Strange accidents occur that indicate the old place might be haunted. A bad scare the night of the concert causes Terry, a timid starlight girl, to go missing Hater. in the... Hater. Uh, <laughs> couldn't even finish the description. Uh, Terry's the worst. A timid starlight girl who go to go missing in the building's secret passages... The group uh-huh. Search for Terry, Why'd You Look For in the First Place, reveals the <laughs> truth behind the recent strange occurrences. <laughs> How spooky. spooky and spooky. also, to give y'all a brief etymology lesson before we get into the show, the word terrible is actually derived from the name Terry, which probably makes a lot of sense to you after hearing that episode description. Uh, super fun fact, and some other fun facts about this episode... <laughs> Uh, it's the only one where Tech Rat actually meets Gem and the Holograms face-to-face, albeit in disguise. Uh, and because that factoid set me down a bit of a Tech Rat hole and not the kind Eric gets up into. I know. Uh, high Gemissary of the Eyeball Roundtable, Christy Marks, originally intended Tech Rat to be an androgynous character. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, I, I do think he kind of is. He, a little bit, a little bit. Um, but he definitely did turn into a male proto-incel more than anything else. True. Um, and anyway, I also want to give a shout out to the writer of this episode, Misty Stewart Taggart. Misty Stewart Taggart. Say it really fast. Uh, Misty Stewart Taggart. AKA. AKA Misty Stew Tag. AKA. The mysterious MST, <laughs> aka Miss Misty. Miss Misty. Uh, we. <laughs> Missy Stew Tag is probably my favorite one. 
<laughs> just, but I'm just brewing up a hot pot of Missy Stew tag. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've seen her before. I have nothing new to say about her, but I just enjoy saying her name. True. Um, so now let's get into the episode. Right. So, uh, this magnum opus on Halloween by Miss Stutag <laughs> opens on a full moon spooky night at the Starlight Mansion, and all the gals are watching a, a scary movie. In uh, a rare moment of leisure at the Starlight House. Exactly. By well, I mean, I imagine this is after a 12 hour workday <laughs> where the orphans were in the fields, and Jericho was like, as a special treat, you get to watch a movie, and only half the movie 45 minutes. Yeah, wow, let's <laughs> And she also gave like showed a movie that scared them all. Right, so. right. So they're watching like a very like Dracula date rape movie. Uh <laughs> it's one of those like he's, you know, prowling on some unsuspecting female. Uh and yeah. as they're watching, some random orphans kinda come I, in with I'm pretty sure one of them is Ashley. I thought so one... too. I wasn't sure though. Yeah, I don't know who the other bitch was. Chrissy? Chrissy? Yeah, I thought it might be Bonnie, but no, I think it was Chrissy. Yeah, it was, I don't know, some other fucking orphan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, so as they're watching it, they bust on it in scary masks to spook everybody. Uh, and the only person who's, act, well, everyone actually does get afraid, but the only one being a little bitch about it is fucking Terry. Yep, Terry is terrified. Yeah, Terry, fucking Terry the is terrible. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, not in, like, a sexy Viking way. In, like, a dude-you're-awful kind of way. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, she's a little pussy. Um, Ashley calls her out, and she's like, you're the type of fool who believes in ghosts and goblins. You are so superstitious. Like, all this shit. Um, and, yeah, I honestly like Ashley when she's calling out other orphans. Yeah, I like, you know, bully Ashley. I'm a fan of that. <laughs> I like I like that honor. Uh, it fits with her haircut, I feel like. Uh, yeah. And so we'll see later in the episode, Terry is hyper-suspicious, or superstitious, I should say. Well, it's her superstitiousness is very suspiciousness. Because <laughs> it made me think, I was like, who were Terry's parents to make her so fearful of ghouls, goblins, black cats and the like. And I was like, either she is the child of witches or she is a child of like hyper-Christian whack jobs. Um, okay, so she probably grew up in a satanic cult. That's my Okay, cool. All right, we're going more the, on the witch, the witch trail. Yeah, I think... Um, she was probably taken into foster care because I don't know. I'm imagining part of. I'm imagining some of a, sort of like death blood ritual. Where, yes, exactly. I yeah, was where, say like that. she was meant to die too, and she was like the last one to get stabbed by the cult leader to call forth <laughs> Beelzebub or something, and that's when the FBI like bursted in. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. Um, All right, Terry, we got you. We got your number, girl. <laughs> From that perspective, I kind of love her, but she needs to, like, harness that inner, like, demon. Yeah, yeah. She also needs, yeah, she either needs to tap into the primal forces of darkness and take her place as a true (laughs) demon sorceress, or, or 
She needs to harness all of that trauma into like some final girl realness where she becomes kind of like a, like a Sydney Prescott character who is like, you know, she kind of goes around to other death cults and frees other, you know, unsuspecting girls and it becomes very blasé for her as she becomes very hardened to the idea of mass murder. (laughs) Perfect. You know, I don't know who the fuck she is, but you painted a picture. I know her. Oh, well, so Sydney Prescott is the lead character in the Scream movies, and by the end, by like the f- Scream Four, she's very much like, all right, like I know this serial killer nonsense. Let me go, like be a badass kind of thing. Awesome, I love that. I love that. I, that's one of my favorite. That's my favorite outcome of mass murders. <laughs> is one girl becomes a lot cooler. Yeah, exactly. She becomes a hardened badass who like can't even process her own trauma yeah and has to fixate on uh violence in other people's lives to give a sense of purpose to her life wow that's so sad um <laughs> i just so i just watched aliens yesterday oh, so i've already seen alien but both fantastic like, movies very different but fantastic yeah um i definitely think uh ripley is like that type. Oh, person. 100%, 100%. Ripley, yeah, ex- she's like one of the OG archetypes. Uh, she's not even, she's not necessarily a final girl. She's morally just a, kind of like a like sci-fi space warrior badass. Uh, and yeah. at one point, there is a gem analog. I forget what episode, I don't think we've covered it yet, but there's like some sort of movie premiere and the character is essentially, um, it's yeah. Sigourney Weaver, the actress, but like she's being, you know, lauded for her role in some sort of like alien-esque movie. Um, I think we've seen that because they called her something ridiculous. Like her last name was Loomis. Okay, uh, okay, okay. It wasn't like Lejourney Seaver or something. No, <laughs> like Weave Loom. They tried to make it thematic. Okay, it was the same okay. episode with uh, Lena Lerner. <laughs> what was it? I don't. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Lena I'm Lerner. pretty sure. Never forget how they did Lena Lerner so dirty. <laughs> Lena Lerner. There's only one Tina Turner, okay? And she yeah. did not ask for a Lena Lerner. Exactly, I'm sorry. exactly. Learn something. There ain't no Lena Lerner in my life. <laughs> there yeah. should be a learner within, Michael. <laughs> no, actually, there shouldn't. Um, not that kind of learner, anyway. Anyway, so Kimmer comes in to the scene. And I gotta say, she is animated super weird because her top half is super baggy and long and then she has these tiny skinny little legs interesting um, i didn't i didn't notice this maybe this is one of the episodes that it's uh korean animated aside from japanese animated hmm interesting i was shout out say shout that out to our boy gem boy gem boy hey yo um anyway i think that um either i could see the japanese animation in one of the music videos uh, in this episode. Okay, okay. We can get to that for later. Right, but anyway, right, right, right. Kimber comes in and she basically tells Jerrica that Rio is downstairs looking for gems specifically. Uh, oh, this is a great exchange. This is a great exchange. <laughs> and Jerrica's like, are you sure he didn't mean me? <laughs> <laughs> and Kimber's like, nah, sorry, bitch. He said gem. Yeah, he must be wanting to do something fun. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't want to bring that wet blanket Jerrica to the party. <laughs> so devastating. So devastating. Um, but Jerrica brushes it off. 
Showtime synergy into her gem character. And okay, um, I want. I need to talk about what outfit Gem is wearing because it is some raggedy Ann, like hot mess. It's like it lo- it's look. It looks like to me it reminded me of the monster runway from season thirteen of Drag Race, but all of them like shat on her, and that's the outfit that she's wearing. Okay, she looks like a tacky pinata, but like if we're gonna do. <laughs> Drag race comparisons, you know, that in uh, the ball challenge or the post-apocalyptic drag challenge in season four, Jiggly Caliente came out looking like a fabulous baked potato. So, okay, I don't remember that specifically, <laughs> but I remember Jiggly Caliente looking awful generally. <laughs> so I'm going to just go with the, the mental image I have in my head of Jiggly Caliente plus baked potato. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Yeah, it's like tinfoil covered in like random shit. <laughs> like it's giving me like queen who doesn't know how to sew, has no taste, and has never <laughs> tried to put together a garment and does not give a shit. Tease. That's pizzazz. Um, you mean Jem's outfit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gem. Anyway, so Jem's wearing. She's looking like a hot mess, and they uh, Rio <laughs> wants to take them for a ride. That's a quote. <laughs> From the show. Uh, and for some reason, they all agree. And quite honestly, if a gentleman like Rio says they want to take you for a ride, either he's going to pound you real hard or you're going to get murdered. Yeah, like die in a fit of road rage. But he should be able to control, but no one's ever taught him impulse control. No, no, no. Anyways, they uh, they go into Rio's red rape van, his RRV. Uh, oh my and God. They, they, they roll up to some old opera house, which we learn is, you know, financially in trouble. And, of course, Jem takes it upon herself to need to save it. And as they're driving there, we learn that Rio is on the local board <laughs> of the Historical Preservation League, which <laughs> I'm almost positive is just code for, like, a gangbang group, like a group sex group. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it 100%. Yeah, because, like, like, fuck off, Rio. You're in a historical preservation league. Like, you're preserving some nuts in your butt. (laughs) (laughs) They've been trying so hard to make Rio multidimensional in the past couple episodes. Yeah, yeah, like, he he flies now, and uh, he has (laughs) interests. The historical preservation. <laughs> like, what? It almost like, sounds cool. It almost sounds cool until you, like, put all the words together. <laughs> well, because it has the word league. It has the word league. Yeah, league. It just sounds cool. You're right, you're right. Justice League, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But then you need, like, historical preservation league. So it's like, oh, okay, you keep old things old. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, yeah. I am not impressed, Rio, frankly. It doesn't make you seem more cultured. It doesn't really no. make you more interesting to me. I just kind of hate you more. Yeah, exactly. Um, Particularly because, like, it's like he, he, he brought it up as kind of like a flex kind of thing. It's like, dude, that's not a flex. <laughs> anyway, um, 
it might have been just like a flimsy reason excuse to make the story work. Oh, 100%. Um, it was like the only reason Rio's even involved. It's like, oh, yeah, you're part of that league or something. Okay, sure. <laughs> anyway, so they decide they're going to save this opera house with, you guessed it, a benefit concert. Of course. Uh, and basically, they're like, what are we doing here so late? Um, and it turns out they need the owner's permission and he insisted that they come at midnight. So this guy's a fucking whack job. Yeah, dude, if I heard the owner demands that we meet at midnight, I'd be like, yo, bitch, I gotta fucking sleep. Let's meet at 10 (laughs) a.m. in the harsh light of day, like some regular people, please. Um, but yeah, this ain't no regular gentleman because we walk into this opera house it's pretty fucking creepy like dude it's like spider webs yeah it's like as cobwebby as jericho's twat all right (laughs) (laughs) i don't even think she has a twat i think it's just like a like a barbie doll skin yeah yeah, yeah, like a smooth surface yeah and she like (laughs) she wears one of those camel like cups that give you a camel toe to make it look like she has a real vagina (laughs) Yeah. Um, anyway, so we are in the place and the clock strikes midnight and some scary ass voice of a man wearing a vampire outfit comes out announcing himself to be none other than Frederick Vincent. Um, another man with two first names. Love it. I love it. Also, I, I'm pretty sure I, I want to give to uh, the, the, you know, mysterious MST I imagine this is a play on Vincent Price, like the old horror icon. Uh, he kind of like looks similar to him. Uh, that being said, did he need to have two first names? No, he did not. <laughs> I like it. I missed, I missed having men with two first names because the last time, the last episode, it was just nonsense names. True, like it wasn't true. Even- Mr. Kite. <laughs> Lassiter. Uh, Lassiter. Mr. Decatheter. Decatheter. <laughs> Mr. Laxative. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, it's true. It's nice to hear names I know in succession. <laughs> uh, Frederick Vincent. Oh, yeah, sure. Freddie V. Yeah, I got Freddie V. Um, yeah, so Rhea magically has a Mexican a- accent again to deliver one of her only speaking lines. Dude, but, she, know, had, she, she had three or four lines in this episode. And I was like, okay, Rhea, calm the fuck down. <laughs> know your place, bitch. <laughs> you get one line in episode max, unless it's about Mexico or flying hawk snakes. <laughs> or jackals. Or jackals, true. She's got the monopoly on jackals. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he tells them pitifully that he can't afford his back taxes um brio's like we're here to help and then freddie v to his credit counters what can you do it is my <laughs> problem uh thank you yeah frederick exactly for like really spelling it out for them yeah like this motherfucker does not take care of the opera house at all he hasn't been paying his taxes and he Prances around like a vampire. Yeah, he's been he's been wearing that vampire outfit since like 1973 as well. <laughs> I don't think making the opera house a venue or a real place is his priority. But anyway, um, 
So Jem informs him of the plan, how the ticket money will go to restoring the opera house. And obviously, Freddie V is super into it. He's like, that's a noble plan. I salute you. I'm forever grateful. Then we cut to the orphans who are put straight to work. Yeah, we get some like <laughs> coercing orphans to labor labor cutaway, which I love. And Gemma's like, I want everyone to pitch in. That includes you children. Um, so yeah, but like they're making jack-o'-lanterns and shit. Lord knows how many of them they have to carve. All right. I'm um, sure like at least 300. Uh, <laughs> someone should carve, carve a jack-o'-lantern. Ooh, that sounds way harder. Yeah, but like I mean, these orphans. What do they? What do they have anything else to do? Yeah, exactly. They don't have school or like friendships to no. form. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. Their tiny hands um, are only for uh, Jerrica's Jerrica's will to uh, dictate what they do. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Shayna informs us that she's going to make some deliciously haunting costumes. <laughs> I like that as a sentence. I didn't like it coming out of Shayna. I like the idea of like deliciously haunting. But we all know Shayna's abilities. Um, true, but I actually do think that at least Shayna's outfit was pretty dope. I don't remember Shayna's. The only one I remember was Kimber's. Um, so Shayna was dressed like a devil, but like in a hot pantsuit, like patent leather. Now, okay, um, now that you bring it up, I liked it as an outfit. Did I like it as a costume? No. Wow, you're so fucking picky. Oh, yo, you know, dude, like... Can a bitch win? <laughs> Shayna, no. Uh, <laughs> that being said, though, as we'll get to later, I did like Kimber's skeleton outfit. And I didn't mind Jim... Jim's... Jim. Uh, Jim looked good. Uh, I didn't mind Jim's witch outfit either. I liked Rhea's mummy outfit. It was just a bunch of fucking like, bandages wrapped around her. Yeah, but, like, it was... The way it was cut, it was kind of like a pantsuit. Like, it had a, an off-the-shoulder situation, like, with one arm bandaged and one arm not. All right. I, and then I think, she had, like, her head had a little cap instead of being fully bandaged. Um, I think I, have a, I had a pretty negative review of the holograms because they paled in comparison to how the misfits looked. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we'll get into We'll that. get into that in a minute. <laughs> anyway, so we're back at this scene. Orphans are slaving away at some pumpkins. <laughs> They have to meet their quota unless they get 30 lashes. Um, right. And little scaredy cat girl Terry goes off about how she hates Halloween because she's a whiny bitch. I think someone scares her with a jack-o'-lantern, which is like, girl, calm the fuck down. Um, yeah. I, how did she get scared from that? Um, I mean, okay. So we cut into the song, It's Fun to Be Scared. Right, because Jerrica basically tells her, like, don't take scary things so seriously, which... I mean, it's kind of bad advice. It is, but, like, it's about proportion, I think. When it comes to, like, going boo, <laughs> maybe laugh a little bit. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Like, not yeah, yeah. funny. Like, it's not terrifying. Um, but, yeah, fun to be scared. Questionable message. Um, but great song.
okay music video could have done with less Halloween-y. Yeah, I agree. I, want, I agree. Um, like, I wanted more far out, like, super imaginative animation that the show can be very good at. Right, right. I feel like if they were going to, like, full horror, we could have seen, seen some, like, chthonic tendrils. Uh... <laughs> Like, you know, coming up out of, like, a bed, like, an eyeball forming into, uh, like, a, a black sun whose tendrils then surround <laughs> little terrified Terry, and she's in some sort of black cone of doom. I like a good black cone of doom. Um, yeah, like, the eyeball can take its tendrils and, like, slurp her into the into its mouth, which is at the bottom of the eyeball. Nice, 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 And nice. that she's trapped in the eye... And she's like pounding on the eye, and you can see it from the outside. And then, you know I mean? yeah, yeah, and then we zoom out, and it's actually her eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> For a real mind fuck. That's exactly what would happen. Exactly. They always pull that. They always pull that. The eyeball was hers all along. Um, uh, yeah, I want to give it a weird. I want to give a shout out to some of the lyrics in the song of uh, <laughs> a creaky door means fun galore. I don't know about <laughs> that, but okay. Uh, a witch's brew can do it too. What? Uh, a little fright can be all right, which is like, yeah, all right, that one's kind of cute. Uh, yeah, a little fright can be all yeah, right. A little can be all right. Uh, <laughs> but this is, I, I, I very much took the whole song as kind of like as a don't be a little bitch anthem. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's the takeaway from this episode. You gotta be strong uh, even when even in the face of certain danger um, uh, and everyone is trying to gaslight you into believing you're crazy. <laughs> so, okay, a part of me actually felt for Terrible Terry. Uh, terrible, terrible, terrible. Because <laughs> as a kid, I was petrified of like all horror things. Really? I was like, I was oddly fascinated with them, but I think because I had an, like a overactive imagination tinged with a really, you know, uh, surreal, like surreal, but also like dark imagination as well. So I would always picture the ways I would get murdered. Uh, so yeah. I would, like, I had like a very tough time with scary movies and I would get like really, really scared. So it often created a, like a, an environment where my older brothers and sisters couldn't watch horror movies when I was around. Uh, so I was, I hate to say it, but I was Terry. I was Terry. I was terrible. Um, <laughs> obviously I grew out of it cause I love horror movies now. Uh, yeah. and I guess I did then. I just didn't really understand why I did. Uh, and I still right. envision me getting murdered constantly. So not a lot has changed. Uh, I think yeah, I just... Yeah, I think about that too. Yeah, yeah. I think I just embraced the idea of it and gotten to the point where I'm like, you know what? Bring it on. Like, if it's going to happen, let's do it. I'm emotionally and physically prepared to take on not only serial killers, but also zombies, phantoms, poltergeists. Uh, well, I want to I... say werewolves even. Hmm. hmm. I mean, who do I think I would have the greatest chance against? Not phantoms. Like, that's a plane I don't understand. Um, maybe... Yeah, you're, you're a very physical plane kind of gal. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I would say zombies. 
Yeah, zombies are fun. Zombies are fun. Depending, like, you know, of course, we can get into what type of zombie. But a classic, slow-moving, go-for-the-head zombie, good times, bro. Yeah. I just see myself with, like, two-by-fours, like, smacking them, the, smacking them in the head and then doing a roundhouse kick and then getting a chainsaw. It's, it's a good time. For sure, for sure. That is, that is super hot. Um, I personally, I think I'd like to go toe-to-toe with a vampire, mainly because I do believe I am Buffy the Vampire Slayer in my heart of hearts. But part two is vampires are also very, it's almost like a more of a mind game kind of vibe. It'd be like a, like a sexual cat and mouse. Um, <laughs> so it'd be very erotic while also being thrilling. Yeah, and I feel like you would, like, would you be wearing, like, a, a dressed up like a priest? Or would you be wearing, like, a Buffy-type outfit? No, yeah, I would be, I would go much more, like, like, uh, yeah, like teenage girl, high schooler cheerleader fighting the forces of evil vibe. But also maybe, like, more with, like a, like, a, like, a leather twinge. So I'm, like, a bad girl who, like, wants to go even darker. And the vampire thinks he has me under his thumb because, you know, this girl just wants to be bad. But really, I already know I'm bad. <laughs> and, like, first things first, I'm the realist. And this vampire doesn't know what he's getting into. <laughs> bravo, bravo. Thank you. We need you. to say that more. First things first, I'm the realist. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I kind of, like, don't like the fact that it's an Iggy Azalea quote, but it's also, like, a Neither very good I. line. It is, it is, for sure. I don't even remember what else she said, except for, who dat, who dat. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember when Iggy Azalea had her moment. It was a conflicting time. Right? I remember when people would say that her vocal stylings were akin to vocal blackface. Right, vocal blackface, vocal black. And then I remember her getting into, I think, a debate with, I forget who, some sort of black R&B artist. I think it was, no, it was probably fucking, um, what's her face? You know, she is very good musically, but also can't, like, has no filter on social media. Azalea Banks. Azalea Banks, exactly. She got into a tiff with Azalea Banks on social media, and... Iggy, like, like uh, Azalea Banks called her out being like, look, if you're going to, you know, appropriate black culture and music, you should stand up for our rights. Because I think it was some sort of thing was going on in the States. And Iggy Azalea clapped back with, look, in my country, we don't have these problems. And I was like, what? Australia what? isn't a racist? That's like, Kindly Australia is one of the most racist. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I was like, you can't absolve yourself of, you know, racial issues because uh, at least racial issues in the United States because you do you choose to ignore them in your own country anyways it was one of those moments where I was like oh not only is she kind of the worst like she is the worst and she's also incredibly stupid yeah like mad does um, but I getting back to uh like to touch on the Australian racism thing I think the season of Dra- Drag Race Down Under is an example of that. It's super weird that all the queens are white. Yeah, and the two queens of color, at least, like, two, the only two that were there have already been eliminated. We're only on, like, what, week three kind of thing? Yeah, I, I, I'm shocked at the lack of diversity. Yeah, Like, that yeah. can't be an accurate refle- reflection. I refuse to believe that. I So I thought about this where I was like, yeah, like, maybe, like, I, I don't know what racial demographics of Australia are, but it did seem strange to me that it was just white people and Australian indigenous. Like, there wasn't any Asian queens or any black queens or, you know, any, like, like Indian or anything like that. I was like, oh, is it just white people and, like, maybe a 
few other, like, you're doing some diversity hires just for the hell of it? Yeah, I I don't like this season. I mean, I'll watch it, obviously, obviously. But it feels like a complete afterthought and, like, I don't know, super rushed. And they're getting rid of some of the good queens too soon. I agree. I agree. I do like the um, the ginger other host, whatever his name is. Oh, yeah, he's good. He's good. He's good. Um, so anyway, the song, It's Fun to Be Scared, is over. Right. Um, they all arrive at the opera house and Terry immediately doesn't want to step into the place because the address is 1313. Right. Unlucky numbers. <sighs> also, we should point out the orphans are arriving to clean the opera house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like classic but it's, it's, it's good every time um so ashley is like you stupid bitch it's just the address why are you so superstitious then we cut to eric and tech rat who are you know uh convening working uh, on some contraption so can we take a moment to discuss this fucking contraption <laughs> because this contraption is literally a mechanical arm slash hand that comes out of a box and I'm like, what <laughs> autonomous fisting device are you creating, Tech Rat? It's like, yeah, I was going to say a glory hole, but you would have to put, the hand would have to be inside the hole. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I think it, it was just like, I don't know who it's for. Is it for Eric? Is it for Tech Rat? All I know is that robot arm's going up someone's anus. Oh, of course. Um so they're, like, fixated on this contraption, this fisting device. And Miss the Misfits barge in. Um, they all look pretty good, Oh, I dude, say. yeah. Like, Pizzazz is wearing, like, a dope biker jacket. Roxy is wearing, like, a jumpsuit, but it's also yeah. a suit. It's great. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, they come in wielding a newspaper, which Roxy, of course, can't read. She was not the instigator of this mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm, <laughs> storming mm -hmm. in. Um, and they're basically like, Eric, look at the cover. The the holograms are holding a benefit concert, which is not news, by the way. They always fucking do this. <laughs> yeah, you can literally say that like every other Thursday. And you usually write. <laughs> yeah. And Eric is like, you know what? Like, so what? Just make your own headlines to outdo them, which is actually pretty reasonable. Right. And that's what they decided to do. They're like, we'll do our own Hala concert and uh, it'll compete with theirs. Uh, right. And then we cut to the Misfits talking to some real estate mogul type to essentially finance their concert. Uh, and this real estate dude, whose name escapes me at the moment, he has like it's a... Landau. Yeah, something Landau, something Landau. And uh, in my notes, I wrote he has a mint in the game because I couldn't remember the actual phrase of he has like a, I, what, what is the phrase? He has like a, he has a chop in the game. He has a steak in the game. He has a. I don't remember that particular line. He did say a lot of other. No, no, no. It's not even, it's not only, not even a quote. It's like literally just like a saying people have of like. He, oh, a steak. A steak in the game. A steak in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sure. Anyways, yeah. He wants the opera house demolished for like real estate reasons. Yeah. And he knows just who to bribe to be sure he gets to buy it and then demolish it. Right, right, Cue right. evil right. laugh. Yeah, exactly. So we cut to Lindsay Pierce who looks fucking incredible, but also I don't even know. Um, <laughs> There's a lot going on with Lindsay, all right? Lindsay Pierce. Yes. 
she's outside of the concert hall of the opera house doing a report on the upcoming benefit concert and i would describe her outfit as being kind of like an intergalactic karate kid yeah okay of the future. yeah yeah fair 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 with a little bit of businesswoman in there, but with also like a little bit of boxer on training day by. <laughs> that is a lot. There's a lot going on with that fucking outfit. <laughs> um, so the misfits um, interrupt her right. and they get her to point her camera towards their event that's happening across the street. Pizzazz is wearing clashing, I'm going to say contrasting leopard prints in different colors and then like a whole bunch of random accessories. I admire the audacity. I, I generally my, admire Pizzazz's audacity. Um, and this is also where she claims that the opera house is very unsafe. So no one yes. should want to go in there, uh, which we don't, you know, she kind of, yeah, she makes that claim. We're left to believe maybe it's right. Maybe it isn't. Who knows? Anyways, we, um, we go inside the opera house, and from afar, it looks like Rio was wearing some brown cow realness. I know! It looked like it was like a brown yeah. cow, brown cow fit. Yeah, I'm not going to say brown cow studding. Oh, it was not it was stunning. brown cow something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah, it was brown cow. It wasn't, it wasn't giraffe. It was definitely brown cow. I mean, up close, this outfit is far less interesting to me. It's just confusing. Yeah, up close, it's just like his, like his, the middle part of him is just like a, a bunch of spackle or like random shapes, <laughs> which from afar looked like cow prints. Uh, and then his, like all of his sides are like yellow or something. Yeah, it was far too much. It was, it um, was almost good until it wasn't. Do you think that they were going for, like, a windbreaker type look? Or were they really going for a jumpsuit? Cause yeah, it's a little bit caught between two worlds. And it doesn't, it's like, yeah, it doesn't really get into either of them. Yeah. Um, anyway, so dance is there, too. Yeah, dancing. Which, dancing, no of course. <laughs> and uh, dance is on stage and she walks under a ladder. And Terry freaks the fuck out. Yeah, like little bitch Terry. Uh, LBT. Uh, yeah. Causes a shitstorm. Yeah, it's bad luck to walk under a, um, a ladder. And that's actually when, uh, you know, a giant pumpkin falls on dance shortly thereafter, confirming the bad luckitude. Uh, and then we get like a very high pitched scream from Jem, like a. It's like a, like a dogs can hear it kind of thing. I was a little bit like disturbed. Um, did not hear it. But yeah, I mean like after having to nurse dance throughout that first. True, true. It's like, yo, this bitch gets a bruise. It's going to be three weeks. <laughs> um, but fortunately the eye cutouts of the jack-o'-lantern thing were so big that they just kind of like she didn't actually get hit by any of it um so she was okay uh but terry is still convinced that something terrible is gonna happen right and then and then rio has this line of no mere human could have done this and it's like well rio what is it then <laughs> like what the fuck are you spouting and then right after so I don't know what you saw when you watched this scene because um, Fred Blackman. Yeah, a Blackula comes through. <laughs> Straight up, Blackula 
realness. Uh, apparently, it's supposed to be Frederick Vason or whatever his <laughs> name. But that man is born of African descent. I'm sorry. It, it didn't sell me on it. Well, his head, like his face was black, but his hands were white. Oh, okay, okay. I think it was supposed to be a shadow. Right, right, But then right. it just made him look straight up like not the same race. Um, anyway, that was a failure of animation. Uh, yeah, I like it though, because I was like, oh, who's this guy? And I was like, oh, <laughs> we, we've seen him before. Uh, I also want to give, like, Blackula is not my own creation. Blackula is like a long-running oh, horror movie thing. Oh, you know Blackula? Of course I know Blackula. Okay, I forgot you're black, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of black exploitation films. Okay, so. okay, 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 okay. Yeah. There's actually a really I actually I haven't I can't say if it's good, but I remember and I only watched half of it on TV when I was like, I don't know, thirteen. Eddie Murphy plays a Blackula in a movie. And it's like done as Does he? Yeah, and it's done more as like a, an actual horror movie, not really as a comedy. I don't know much else about this movie, but I was taken aback of like one, you know, a very high profile actor playing a Blackula. Uh, <laughs> but then I was like, I didn't really know what the whole vibe of the movie was as well. Cause I, I kind of like came into it midway through and then like people were getting murdered and dying. I was like, Oh, this is actually a lot more gory and visceral than I thought it was going to be for an Eddie Murphy movie. Eddie Murphy Murphy. I'd watch it. Uh, <laughs> Murphy. Uh, I would, yeah, I would watch it as well. I'll, I'll try to I'll scope it out on the IMDb's and see if it exists still. Um, yeah, we watch such random shit sometimes. <laughs> we really do. We really do. Uh, <laughs> Chopping Mall should still be on our docket. Chopping Mall. I'm saying it now. You've never told me about Chopping Mall? I, that sounds great. Dude, I, I, have, I, think I, I must have told you about Chopping Mall because it was on my Amazon Prime to watch list for the longest time. Uh, because, and the, 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 the movie image is like, a, like a, a severed hand holding a shopping bag. Uh, nice. Which is, yeah, great. And it's a little bit zombified, too, which is fun. Uh, but the premise of the movie is these new robot security guards at this suburban mall go haywire and start murdering all the mall staff. Uh, and, like, the mall staff are all of these young kids who are, like, there on the Friday night and they're about to go out, but they all get trapped in the mall and these murderous robots come through. Uh, so, of course, there's terrible CGI. Not even CGI. Nice. Terrible sp- special effects. But the best part about it is at one point, one of the security guards is, like, you know, doing his business and he sees, like, a random Twinkie on, like, his <laughs> workstation and he's like, oh, mine as well. Eats the, eats the Twinkie. And then right afterwards has, like, the mad sniffles. And, like, is, like, really hyped up. And I'm like, oh, my God. Did this movie just pull a Twinkie as a standard for cocaine? Ah. Uh, and they did. And it's, it's beautiful. Beautiful. I thought it was going to be, like, the Twinkie just had, like, a bunch of cocaine inside. I mean, tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. So, yeah, Frederick Vincent, not looking like himself, is there to inform them that this place is full of ghosts and evil spirits and they better leave before it's too late. Um, This doesn't really make sense, though, because we know that Frederick Vincent is on board with having them help him. Yeah, they should have been a little bit more clued in to the suspicious nature of this Blackula coming in here speaking some (laughs) random random bullshit. Yeah. 
Regardless, we cut to some orphan girls working a candelabra, which I'm gonna say it. It was phallic. It's a lot of a lot of like a lot of rods and a lot of rod placeholders. Yeah, there's a lot of rods and then like a lot of twisting, like yeah. light bulbs onto rods. Exactly. I don't know if that actually happened, but I see it in my mind. There's, yeah, exactly in your mind's eyeball. Um, but. <laughs> This is when uh, this, like, bespectacled city inspector comes through. Like, the misfits, I guess, called him or he's here to inspect. And yeah. Rio, like, I don't know. I, I saw some sparks between Rio and this inspector. And uh, <laughs> at one point, the inspector says to him, he's like, your work looks fine this far, son. And I was like, mm-hmm, I bet it does. Okay. His work lo- does look fine. <laughs> Well, they try to pull, like, the, you young kids don't know what you're getting into. Young whippersnappers. They try to make him, like, a fatherly figure. Right, right. Like a daddy type. A daddy type, for sure. A daddy. A daddy. And there's there's more candelabra actions. Some orphans twisting rods into knobs. You know, a lot of of loose wrists. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Uh, And... (laughs) As they're raising the kind of labra, I think Pizzazz cuts the cord. I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know, because what I have in my notes here is Pizzazz cuts the cord, but I don't remember that happening. But then I have I yeah, I Stormer looks good because she's wearing a little black dress with two different colored evening sleeves, which I enjoyed. Yes. <laughs> uh, and by evening sleeves, we mean gloves, except they weren't even fingerless. They, yeah, fingerless gloves. Or I actually think they were handless. They were like kind of like leg warmers for your forearm. Forearm warmers. <laughs> evening sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> it was the evening. Um, it was. Yeah. And then like a mummy hand like makes everybody run off or something. Regardless, um, we get the song Don't Look Now by The Misfits. Okay, and this one, I would say, if it doesn't have, like, anime vibes to it, then it has some sort of comic book animation. Uh, because the eyes are super expressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot um, of, like, giant eyeballs as everyone's scared. A lot of wide-eyed. Yeah, a lot of wide-eyed. Um, a lot of, like, eyeballs, but, like, silhouettes. You can only see the eyeballs in the dark type things. Cat eyes turning into ghosts. Dude, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. The, the giant cat's eye moment that transforms into two ghosts. Squared eyeball moment. <laughs> I just don't connect with the non-human eyeball moment. Oh, okay. You're uh, you're species specific with your eyeballs. I see. Yeah, exactly. I know that's not how the Lord wants it. It is but, not. Uh, it is not. But whatever. Um, I think cat's eye are maybe the purest forms of eyeballs. Elaborate. <laughs> you know, they grow larger and tinier depending on the source of light. They can see in the dark. Um, True. You know, they look cooler. Yeah, they look very cool. They have that slit. They got a nice slit. Um, Everyone likes a th- nice tight slit. <laughs> <laughs> when I see the cat's slit eyes, eye slit, I get so horny. Oh, dude. I like, yeah, I get all... <laughs> <laughs> I was, 
trying to work in the term slitty, but like I couldn't do it. I just started laughing because I think slitty is a really funny word. Slitty should not be allowed. It really shouldn't. It really shouldn't. Um, but yeah, I mean it's the opposite of gaping, though. Like, yeah, slitty, slitty, slitty. Um, a little slutty. So anyway, pretty slitty. Um, itty bitty slitty committee. Yeah. My slitty is next to my clitty. Ooh, that's actually pretty good. Got my clitty and my slitty, and I'm looking real pretty. Uh, and neither are itty bitty. <laughs> uh, I don't need your pity. I don't need your pity. <laughs> uh, getting approved by the committee. Nice. <laughs> that makes so much more, so much sense. I'm just reusing words that I said like 12 seconds ago. <laughs> I mean, slitty, clitty, titty. Wow, so many. So many. Um, anyway, uh, so here is where the chandelier falls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and as it's falling, Terry just fucking stands there under the chandelier. Terry's like, you know what? It was my time to go. I should have been dead already. Take me now, Dark Lord. Right, I mean, she had enough fright in her life. Yeah, and like, she was, she's never had fun being scared. No, she's never had fun being scared. So yeah, like, Rio pulls Jerrica aside and is like, you know, we better think it over whether or not we should continue with this concert. Um, Obviously, they shouldn't. Right. Uh, It shouldn't even be a question. Um, And Jerrica's like, yeah, you know, not even the Misfits could come up with this. And then Freddie V chimes in and says, you better leave now. Um, But the dilemma is always the fans and doing the right thing. The holograms are, you know, saying the the fans are counting on us. Right, right. And Jerrica does question, like, Freddie V's whole vibe of, like, you know, he seems to have, he seems to have have had, like, something of an about face. Uh, His whole opinion of everything really changed. Um... Yeah. Anyways, then we cut to the night of the concert, and this is where the Misfits look phenomenon. Fucking amazing. So I was like, it's like Elvira, Queen of the Night, with Power Rangers in space, also Warlord Witches. Yes. Now, Roxy's costume. Yo, Roxy looks the best. <laughs> I know she does. She often does. That's true. That's true. Um,. Okay, she kind of looked like some sort of warrior. Yeah, it was like... Some a, sort of space warrior. Like an Asian-inspired space warrior. Yeah. Like based off... It was off, fucking tight. It was tight. Like that slitty was <laughs> fucking very slitty. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to give a shout out to Pizzazz. Um, her outfit, not my favorite, still looks amazing, but... The piece de resistance is when she lifts her arms. Oh, I know. webbing. Yeah, like bitch can glide on air curtains kind of situation. Yeah, that was fucking sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also, Spider-Man has that on his costume too. So, you know, Spider-Man, also pretty real. Um, does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has little, like, webbing to connect his arm and his uh, torso uh, for, I actually. Is that a spider thing? Is that a spider thing? I thought that was more of like a reptile or, you know, sea creature type situation to have the webbing, like a duck or something. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. I, spiders do not have that. Why Spider-Man has it, I don't know, but, you know, it's still hot. 
For sure. We love it. Yeah. Um, Establish on this podcast. Oh, we never aired uh, Neogenic Nightmare, the final nightmare. So people don't know of my creepy sexual obsession with Spider-Man. <laughs> Poor them. Yeah, really? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there who have a mad boner for the voice of Peter Parker from the 1990s animated Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, we should do a poll on Twitter or something. Yeah, okay. Like, polls are going to say polls go up for Spider-Man's voice, all right? <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> um, so, basically, um, the, the Misfits are complaining that Eric and Landau haven't done anything to help them for their concert. Um, then we cut to the holograms backstage at the Opera House. This is where they're all wearing their Halloween outfits, their deliciously horrifying costumes or whatever the yeah, fuck Shana said. Uh, and then there's a screen that some scary ass motherfucker pops up on and the holograms are spooked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's like some ghoul type creature that tells them that it's going to be their last performance. Uh, and then when the ghoul gets Mary off that screen as, like the, it even <laughs> cracks. Like it's like the screen cracks, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, it made it actually scary because otherwise it's just like a fucking video of a scary thing. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. <laughs> so dance, we see. And I, and I really am just mentioning this to give a shout out to her nonsense costume. Um, just some more dance hate for you. That's all I have to say. <laughs> what was her costume? I didn't uh, even clock it. Oh, she was like, it was one of those costumes where it's, it's Halloween at like 6 p.m., you have a party that night, but you don't have a costume. So you could go to the dollar store and pick up like glasses that have like spider webs on them. And then like a jack-o'-lantern hat or something, you know, like just a random assortment of bullshit. That's like pretty much, well, that's one, how I would describe dance's <laughs> hair and also how I would describe <laughs> dance overall. <laughs> A random assortment of bullshit. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. We were not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, and then there's some more electronic nonsense that's making everything look weird. Um, and little bitch Terry runs off in a fright. Yep. Um, a little bit of fright was not all right. Nope. With Terry the terrified. Yeah. Um, and Jem is chasing after her like, fuck you. You know, like, uh, come back here, you little shit. This is, like, the like, fourth time today. Hell. As if I don't have enough on my plate already. Um, so Terry's booking it down the hallway, and she falls through a hole in the floor. Yeah, she, she comes she come, yeah, come across, across a creepy bat statue, which I was like, oh, a bat-chew. Uh, <laughs> bat yeah, and then she falls down the trap door. Um, okay, bat-chew. <laughs> it sounds kind of like... Bat shit, but it also kind of sounds like a chew. Exactly, like a bat sneezing. <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, Rio, not dressed up as anything except maybe a homosexual, is trying to stall <laughs> the building inspector as they search for, as everybody else kind of searches for Terry. And by stall, I mean in a stall, sucking his dick. Uh, 
and apparently Jem makes like a reference to, oh, there's a bunch of hidden passages under the opera. We should probably search there. And I'm like, Jem, how do you know that? And also, wasn't that a, I don't know, wouldn't that been of a concern for you previously? There's a bunch of hidden passages underneath this, this opera house you're going to play a concert on? Yeah, and you brought all of your children. Yeah, exactly. They there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically Terry runs through this labyrinth and she finds she comes upon some hooded figure with a ghoulish creepy voice. Freddy, quote unquote, and Landau. The the hooded figure is obviously a tech rat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um and he has one eye hole. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like an executioner <laughs> type style, like an old school executioner kind of like mask kind of thing. Do they really, like the executioner only has one eyeball? Yeah, I, like, I feel like, kind of, yeah, like I, think, I think it's like a, it's a one eye hole situation. I don't know why, but he's not the first person to do that. That's so weird. I feel like you wouldn't want your executioner to have one eye, like... He, like, swings the axe for your head, but, like, cuts off your hand instead. Actually, maybe that's the point. Or, like, you know, it was um, some sort of eye-for-an-eye situation. Oh. Uh, that's interesting. Maybe it's, like, a, you know, one eye will remain pure to let him, like, still exist in normal society. Yeah, it's, it's probably, like, religious on some level, I would imagine. Yeah, probably some bullshit. Yeah, probably some bullshit back when we thought public executions were a good idea. I mean, I'm not saying they aren't, but go on. (laughs) Um, So basically, we have this moment of Landau going to touch Techrat's device, and Techrat, like, slaps his hand away and does the whole, like, no, it's mine. He's kind of like the snarf. Of this world. Uh, I mean, he re- his his voice modulation is very snarfy. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily yeah. call Tech Rat. Well, he is snarf-esque in that he is essentially just there to do what Eric says. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. I do like how his spooky machine has, like, three levels on it of, like, not very spooky, spooky, and, like, <laughs> extremely spooky. <laughs> That's when you know it's serious. Yeah, exactly. When it's just fucking extremely spooky. That's fucking spooky. So they turn up the dial, uh, the spooky dial, the spookometer. Um, spookometer. And spookometer, excuse me. It's important to be um, precise. <laughs> and they spot Terry um, and obviously chase after her because they're a bunch of evil men chasing after a little girl. <laughs> obviously. I mean,. As as a three evil men would do, uh, they would just chase after a little girl. Um, and it's because they don't want to give her away. Uh, give want her to give them away. Right. Uh, and we got a chase. Uh, and as they're chasing after LBT, um, she comes across <laughs> the real Mister Vincent, who is caged up, and uh, the cat who had been following around LBT, named Phantom, which is a cool name for a cat. I know that's pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, so he lets out, she lets out the real Mr. Vincent, and he kind of helps her on this chase with, like, some secret passageway action. Yes. Um, so where are we in? Ba- I don't know. We have, like, a quick scene with Pizzazz and Rio and the inspector, and they kind of rush in on everything. And we're getting to, like, near the climax, and 
as LBT and Mr. Vincent are the real Mr. Vincent are like trying to escape the evil triad, they're running up this giant spiral staircase. <laughs> and the thing is, they made us they made it seem to believe, at least from a spatial sense, that this was all happening underneath the opera house. And the visual we get is of this giant spiral staircase that goes like nine stories. And I'm like, how is this happening all underneath the opera house? It's a, stair- it's a stairway to hell. Oh, okay. So it just goes that deep. I, I guess so. <laughs> okay. Like, it would be frustrating if you had to take the stairs down to hell. It would be annoying to have to take a spiral staircase because I feel like it would take you like twice as long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, though, I feel like it'd be an escalator to hell and there'd be like a really fat person right in front of you so you couldn't pass. <laughs> oh my God. That would be a, that would be the way to hell. I don't know. I feel like, okay, the way to hell would be as soon as you die, your body gets thrown or you, you immediately replace your soul replaces the soul of a cow at a slaughterhouse and then you get eaten and then no actually i want you to be human when you get eaten anyway you get eaten and then you get shot out into the toilet going to hell okay so it's like a <laughs> it's like a plumbing situation to the infernal pits of doom yeah okay um you have to get processed in someone's butthole right i mean wouldn't be the first time um so there's this giant ass staircase right 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 they're running up Um, it uh and uh the real mr vincent with lbt a little bit cherry he's like oh let me pull this lever and kind of makes the spiral staircase turn into like a slide so the evil triad are going down the slide and this is where i again bring up the spatial reality of the situation because the the evil triad pop out onto the opera house floor. And so it's like, okay, were you above or below them that entire time? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think space like truly exists in that in that place. You know what I mean? Like space and place are not connected at the opera house. True, true. Uh, probably within the gemisphere like different portals. more more broadly. Yeah, cuz if that was, like, no, there's just no way. Because then the opera house would have to be a skyscraper. Exactly. That's why it made no sense. <laughs> and that shit was all in, like, you know, street level when we when we arrived. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they get shot out into the main stage of the opera. Or, like, the main floor of the opera house. And, obviously... Like, people are like, what the fuck? Right. And this is, this is happening right when Jim was about to call off the concert over, like, safety concerns. Um, and we see this, like, yeah, we see the uh, the evil trio pop out. Little bitch Terry rats them out. And they kind of run off. And this is when Jim calls up a bunch of, like, uh, scary female ghouls to scare them back. Uh, and then as it happens... Jem openly says with, like, a bunch of other people around, that's great synergy, and it's like, everyone can hear you, dude. I know. She's like, synergy, I need a little bit of ghoulish. I need a ghoulish gag or a 
I don't know, some other nonsense. Um, yeah, she was super uh, sloppy about it. I feel like she's been very sloppy recently. Yeah, I think she kind of wants to get found out, but then she's surrounded by idiots, and it's one of those, like, what do I need to do to make this more <laughs> obvious? Um, yeah, for sure. So, basically, like, it's revealed that Eric, um, Eric says that Landau essentially tricked him and said that, like, all of the gags would be harmless fun. Right, and Eric, and he was really Eric just is also, doing it for easy money. Eric is also revealed as the fake, uh, Mr. Vincent in a very Scooby-Doo-esque yes. face reveal. Um, right, like, they spent that much time and effort in getting a Mr. Vincent <laughs> face mask. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I actually kind of liked how Landau is made out to be more evil than Eric. And it's kind of like a Mr. Decatheter moment where, you know. Yeah. There are evil guys even more evil. Yeah, I feel like they're trying to give Eric some sort of redemption because they don't know where else to go with this character. Yeah, or they're basically just like, he isn't working very well as a villain anymore because he's failed so many times. So let's get some fresh blood in the mix. For sure. So yeah, the Misfits proclaim that they are done with Eric. Uh, then shortly thereafter, their tent gets struck by lightning and their concert is ruined. Right. Which is pretty, and that's then, what sucks for them. That's, that's a low blow. It does, because they actually didn't really do anything that bad. No, not at all. Um, so the Holograms concert is back on and they play a song called We Can Change It. Halloween which, version, you know, which we've heard before. like songs like this no you know? that being said though we do get jim as a space witch battling a giant cat and other monsters which is kind of cool yeah that's true um and the giant cat is shading sh- shooting lasers from its eyes right 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 and then they transmute the monsters into flowers i always love a good yes. transmutation we know that i know i say that all the time <laughs> um so anyway the concert's over um, and we come back from commercial or whatever, like, scene change, and Frederick is basically like, thank you so much, you've saved my opera house, I'm now gonna put on some new plays here, um, so I guess he's gonna give up his lifestyle as a creepy vampire guy. Or, I, I don't know, continue as a creepy vampire guy? I don't fucking know. Then they all praise Mr. Vincent for being the greatest, which I'm like, did he do anything? Yeah, he was literally trapped in a dungeon the entire time. <laughs> um, and then we have this moment where Phantom jumps in Terry's arms and now she loves him and isn't frightened of him anymore. Yeah, so LBT stops being such an LB and it's a, it's a nice moment. Yeah, but ex- except we're not going to forget. I'm still giving Weakest Bitch. My vote for Weakest Bitch is for... Oh, her. Hundo P. LBT still the biggest LB... Up in the MC. And by MC, I mean, um, <laughs> I don't know what I meant. Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> Moment in chime. <laughs> Moment in chime. <laughs> you know, 
sure, sure. But definitely, um, definitely um, is the, yeah. We literally called her Little Bitch Terry, or at least I did Little Bitch Terry for most of the episode. And if that doesn't... Yeah, sp- Terry the Terrible. Yeah, Terry the yeah. Terrible. Terry uh, sucks a suck. Why you... Yeah, why are you like this, bro? <laughs> Terry, it's fun to be scared. Uh, Shut up about it. Um, yeah, Terry, enough. Enough is enough. <laughs> Terry, um, enough is enough. Nut up, <laughs> nut up or shut up, Terry. <laughs> so, yes, we've stated our, you know, arguments before. We don't need to go into that again. Um, now, who do we think is the baddest bitch of the episode? Um, good question. Good question. Uh, maybe, the, maybe the cat Phantom has a great name. Phantom? I have no problems with Phantom. Yeah. Everyone else was kind of like, okay, fine. You're here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. A part of me wants to give it to Eric Raymond playing the role of Blackula, playing the role of Frederick Vincent. Because that shows a lot of range. But, uh, I'm just going to throw him in the mix. Um, okay, I don't want, I don't think he deserves it. I was going to say, like, maybe Roxy's outfit, if we can give it to an anonymous object. Um, is it anonymous? Not anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who the fuck that object is, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, who that? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> she won't say. I mean, collectively, Roxy's outfits, I would give it to. Because she looked, like, dope in both, like, the jumpsuit suit. And her, like, Asian space warrior look. Yeah, I kind of just want to give it to her. Or, like, the webbing underneath. (laughs) Yeah, not quite the wind beneath her wings, but, like, almost. Almost. Um, But, yeah, I think we should give it to Roxy's outfit. Yes. So, yeah, the fibers that uh, are comprised to make up two separate outfits... Roxy wore in this episode <laughs> are being designated collectively as the baddest bitch. Yes. Um, so congratulations, Roxy's outfit. Um, <laughs> we look forward to your acceptance speech. I'm sure it'll be riveting. <laughs> um, and now that we've reached uh, the end of our episode, I'm going to shout out our social medias. So you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Gem Girls Podcast. We post memes. We write stuff. I don't know. You can like us or some shit. We don't fucking care. Know. Yeah, here. yeah, whatever. We don't need you. Except we do because Except we really, we really do. And also, in your heart of hearts, um, find the love that you've endured. Because love, it's it's a journey. It's a road. Um, and as on this hour plus loving journey you've been with us i feel like we've grown to know each other we've grown to know you um we've grown to know you know parts of ourselves i don't think we'd really share with the outside world so i want you to help us share that with the rest of the world and give us a five-star review uh please please and my please i mean pretty please and my pretty please (laughs) uh that's all i got that's all as far as i'll go i got ugly please wow okay (laughs) <laughs> I can't help it. I was born this way. Yeah, you were. Um, <laughs> and to be fair, I never look my best when I'm saying please. I feel like I have, yeah, that's, that is my ugly face, which is relative because none of my faces are really traditionally ugly. They're all beautiful, breathtaking. Um, but moral of the story is rate us and review us. 
And by rate us and review us, we mean five stars and a positive review. <laughs> it bears saying for the 10th time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so with all that said and done, take care of yourselves and each other. And until next time, stay, stay outrageous. outrageous.